Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your finished work, Lord. Thank you for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that guards our heart and minds in Christ. Your peace is overwhelming. You truly are at peace, not just with us, but with the entire world. It's absolutely astounding. It's overwhelming at times. It's hard to even comprehend the goodness of God. You love the world so much that you gave your only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In this life that we now live, we live in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. It is in you and you alone that we live. We live by the life of another. And I thank you for showing us and teaching us by your spirit how this all works Lord thank you it is a mystery it is there's so many things that we are learning that we that we're still learning Lord and I thank you for opening up our eyes for letting us see and hear that which you are showing us and telling us for let us hear today Lord let us hear and let us see today that which you're going to show us and tell us. Open. Open up our eyes. Thank you for opening up our eyes. Thank you for opening up our ears. For we can see and we can hear. We love you so much, Jesus. You're great, merciful, so kind, so gentle to us, so patient with us. Even in all of our misunderstandings, You've been so good to reveal your heart to us the way that you have revealed your heart. We feel so overwhelmingly overwhelmingly blessed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay, well, I thought we'd, um, since there's not a whole lot of people here, I think I'll probably go... I had a, some things I want to share, and I'll still probably go over some of those things. Um, but real quickly, let's go, let's go to Romans, if, if you will, please. Let's just go to Romans chapter 5. What's that? Awesome, awesome. Oh, there's such a rich stuff in this. It, it, Romans, Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 is just, it's, it's phenomenal, phenomenal truth. Um, so it's, there's just such richness in these, in these chapters um, concerning the reality of who God is and who we are in Him. Okay, um, basically let me start out by just saying that um, growing up, and I'm sure a lot of you can um, also uh, relate to this, what, what's some of the, what's when we think of salvation? When we think of when we think of how we got saved, and when we and we and we contemplate that, and I just want you to think about that in your mind. And you know what what did what did we really believe? What did we believe that about Christ that saved us? 
when we, when we walked the aisle or whether we raised our hand or whether we just believed, whatever it was, for me it was I walked the aisle um, probably thousands of times, at least in my mind, um, getting saved over and over and over again. But yet not fully understanding the, the reality and the truth of what really happened the first time I believed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can you relate to that? So what, what are some of the things that what are some of the what are some of the things that, that you thought about? You can kind of get some give me some feedback. Some of the things well, I'm talking about when you initially were getting saved, you know, that you, you, you came to the aisle, what do we say? Come to the aisle, receive the forgiveness of sins, um, you know, uh, you know, repentance. We we think of we think of all these things, come and receive the forgiveness of sins. Uh, this is what Jesus died. He died, Jesus died for you. He died for you for the forgiveness of sins. And yes, all that's true. But do, can you relate to some of the things that were said? I mean, can you go back and you say, well, um, I, I came to the altar and I believed that Jesus died for my sins. Um, but is that how I got saved? Did Jesus, did, was that initially the only, the, the, basically, was that the only thing that saved us? Was, that, was the forgiveness of sins? Sure, Sally. Mm-hmm. in my homeroom class and uh, I was sitting next to a Christian and she was she just got transferred into my homeroom class mm-hmm. and she was cleaning out a purse and the only available seat was right next to me and uh, I was very friendly and uh, made friends quickly and she sat right down next to me and the only available seat in the classroom we start talking and she's cleaning out her purse and she just loaded with tracks. Mm-hmm. And she said, have you ever heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I said, well, I am a Christian. I wasn't yeah. Jewish. Right, right, and, uh, right. <laughs> and she right. said, really? And I, she said, well, then you'll love to come to this meeting we're having tonight uh, off campus and uh, we're all Christians and and she said, have you ever seen this track? And I said, uh, I've seen it around school. I don't think I've actually read it. And so she started going through this track with me. And I was just blown away. And I was just like, you know, God loves me personally. You know, John 3, 16 and 17. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, John 10, 10, I came to give you life and life abundantly. Just life, life abundantly. Life abundantly. Yes. Wow, man, I'm totally digging that verse. Awesome. And, um, I mean, it was just like, it's just like, God, the Holy Spirit just completely just vacuumed me right there. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, she said, will you come tonight and we'll pray this prayer together at the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bell rang and I went out on the... Um, they had these um, right outside. It was kind of a place where I sat on a bench right outside homeroom when I wanted to be alone. And I missed my next class. I just sat there on the bench. And wow. then right there. Wow. <laughs> I didn't wait for it tonight. I went that night and I went forward and I said, I'm sorry. I already did it. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> and I awesome. Prayer, I already did it. And they were like, dang it. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I, I already knew that it 
happen too. Boy, I just had such peace. I got saved right there on that bench, right outside my typing class on Wood Park High School. Wow, that is so awesome. 1971. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. You know, and then I went, I was invited to go to a church with a friend. I got baptized there that Mm -hmm. next Sunday. Wow. Had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow. Totally bought into it, just a simplistic gospel. That is so awesome. James is preaching every week. That's right. The gospel that saved me. That's exactly right. But yes, I was just going to say that's not the gospel that we've all heard. At least, at least, you know, and I'm sure a lot of us can 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 testify of that. Um, uh, is there anybody else who has anything? Uh, sure. Yeah, I was going to say when I received Christ as a four year old with my mom, but the first time, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like you, I went mercy number five. Sure, sure, sure. But and I think that time it was out of fear of going to hell. Right. 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 But it, it wasn't until I was 17 that I understood the love of God for me personally. I just was blown away. And, you know, here I was raised in this Christian home and heard it all that time, and it didn't sink in until I was 17 years old. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow, that is. And I was, like she, I was just blown away. I would just go out and sit and come and think about this. He loves me. Yes, 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 yes. It is overwhelming. It, it is. It totally is overwhelming. I remember the first time I heard, um, the first time I ever heard the, the, the what I call the pure gospel, which was uh, when Clark first, I guess it was about 15 years ago, when Clark first came to um, Orlando traveling through. Um, in fact, he and James connected during that time. That was before he became the pastor at Calvary. And um, they were just doing a small revival at Calvary. And so... Here I am thinking, oh gosh, you know, this is going to be cool. It's a revival. And, you know, and we have all of our perceptions about what revival is and what that looks like. And so I just thought I'm just going to participate in this just like, you know, always have and thinking that this is going to be the normal revival type thing that goes on in revivals. And it really wasn't. Uh, I, was, I was blown away. The first time I heard about the finished work of Christ, though I had been saved since I was a little boy, I literally, it, it, there was something that so, it was something so ignited. It was, it was like a, it was like really, it was like I knew this all along in my heart. But it finally came to my head and, and, and to my mind. And, and so I realized that all of a sudden it's like this light bulb just went off and I went, oh my God. Gosh, are you serious that you really, you know, that he really loves me this much? Is it really this good? And I remember I knew nothing about Clark. It was the first time I'd ever, I'd ever heard, like I said, an unadulterated gospel with no hook in it, no mixture, no mixture at all. Just a pure, unadulterated, you're totally forgiven and unconditionally loved and this is the gospel with no hook in it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to, there's just nothing you can do to, to, uh, to outsin the grace of God. I, rem- I, I remember listening. There's certain things that I've heard and I'm thinking, and I used to, I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You know, um, how could I have been, how could I have missed it so far? You know? So anyway. So yes, so that was the first when I first, and I remember how I how I felt, and uh, it, it, it was it, it is, it's, and I've never it, that feeling has never gone away. I mean that that feeling, it's almost as if I, it's 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 uh, 
there, there's such a passion in me now that I once once was more it was more of a, a performance type passion, but now this isn't a, a passion for the pure gospel for the for for Christ and Him alone. And so yeah, so that's what's happened to me. And so I'm still I'm I'm, I'm still I'm growing every single day in in the reality of the finished work of Christ. And so I just but anyway. But I, want, I wanted to share a little bit about this whole, this whole thing about when I talked about, about going down the altar and receiving Christ and how we receive Christ and, and what, exactly, what exactly we believed as far as salvation was concerned. What, what we were told, you know, come receive the forgiveness of sins because Jesus has died for your sins, so come and receive. Um, there, yes, that, there, that's, that is true. That's, that's true that Jesus died for our sins. But let's, let's go back a little bit. Did Jesus die for just my sin? Did Jesus, did Jesus die for just your sin? Did, did Jesus die for the sins of the entire world? Yes, he did. He did. He did. For the whole world. The whole world. Let's let's look real fast at um at I think I I want I think I want to go to Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen through twenty one, if real fast if you don't mind. Okay, here we go. You there? Verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God. All these things are from God. God reconciling the entire world to himself. We'll look at that in a minute. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them. So we see here, so we hear here that in this ministry of reconciliation, we see that God has reconciled the entire world to himself. Now that's huge. It's huge. I mean, what are we saying? Are we saying that, that the entire world that God has forgiven all sin and that all sin has been cleansed? Well, yes. Yes. That is not a popular gospel. You will not hear that in your normal church services. You will not hear that in your, in your, in your revival meetings. You will, you, it's, it's, there, there's, it's few far in between as far as teachers or preachers or anybody who will preach a pure gospel, a pure message, of God's unconditional love to a lost and dying world. God has cleansed the world of sin. Period. There is nothing left. This, this work is so completed, so finished, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But yet, though that has happened, when we got saved, did we know that? Did we understand that completely? Did we understand that, wow, I mean, uh, this is, wait a minute. But we'll see something else in a second that's even, that even further explains this. Well, I thought I was coming to get forgiveness. I thought I was coming to the altar to get forgiveness, to be forgiven. 
But really, that's only half the gospel. That's only half the gospel. I was already forgiven at the cross. My sins were all past sins. Were all past sins at the cross. They were all because I wasn't even born yet. Jesus paid the price for all sin. For all men, for all time. It was one sacrifice. For all sin, for all men, for all time. There's, there, there, will, there will never be another sacrifice. There will never be a time where Jesus comes back and dies for the sins of one single human being. He died for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, we can now draw near to God. And we'll see that in a second. But the, the cool thing about this is, the, the reason why I'm explaining this is because I think we have some misperceptions about salvation that we need to, get, we need to nail down. We really need to nail them down so that we, in turn, can tell others about this gospel and not be, and, 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 and really be confident about it. And it, and it, be, and it be good news, like, like what James was, was talking about um, and how we present the good news. And, and then, yet, then last week, it's all Him. We have Him. And that's so true. That's so true. We have him. We have him. We don't just have the forgiveness of sins. It was because of the forgiveness of sins that we now have him. We have him now. And we have his life living within us. We are now new creations. And old things truly are passed away. And behold, all things are becoming new. We're joint heirs with Christ, seated with him in heavenly places. We are now uh, the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay. Let's go quickly to Romans back. Guys, I don't have a whole lot of time to go, but I want to go through this so you can kind of see where I'm going with this. Romans 5, 8 through 10. Okay. I'm going to start at verse 8. Now, now think about this. Here's what, here's what, here's what God did for us. This is this is this is an amazing uh, this is an amazing portion of scripture that that I think we just kind of gaze over and we don't really ponder it the way we need to. But let's 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 look at it closely. But God demonstrates His own love towards us that that while we were, I want you to notice this: we were yet sinners. Past tense. Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him. And, I, and you know, for us believers, you can put in there, saved from disappointment, saved from frustration. You know, sometimes we have this idea that God gets disappointed and He's frustrated and He's... You know, he has some, some sense of expectations, and if we don't meet up to those expectations, therefore he is unpleased. We've been saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were, here we are again, we were enemies. We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. We were reconciled, not, not past tense. Much more having been reconciled. We shall be saved by his life. By his life. Now, now let's, let's think back. Is that, what, is that what I understood when I got saved? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. It was, far, it was a far cry from that. I, I understood half the gospel. I have very little understanding about, about his life and about the life of another coming in to live within me. I had very little understanding. Um, I, didn't, I didn't understand what that meant to be, even though I heard new creation, I heard about union, I just didn't, it didn't, I didn't get it. You know, I, didn't, I really didn't get it. It wasn't something that I, um, you know, I, I really felt like that, um, I really felt like that basically uh, my forgiveness was, it was a conditional forgiveness. It was based upon uh, my performance, my confession, you know, the normal stuff that we all think about every we the normal stuff that we've that we've experienced in, in, in Christianity and trying to and so we, we 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 fall into this we fall into this trap that, that somehow or another we somehow or another we think that we have to that this whole issue of salvation is something that was based on something that we do. Like for instance, you know if we could if we do good we're blessed if we do bad, we're cursed. But if we, if we, if we, you know, if we, this whole performance thing—it's just I'm, I'm having a hard time explaining it, kind of the way I'm, the way I experienced it. But yet I'm, I hope I hope I can make it clear. What I'm trying to say is that the condition that I was in before I got saved, the condition that we were in before we got saved, was that we were dead. We were dead in our transgressions. We were dead. We were alienated to God. We were enemies. That's what we were. But now, that's not the case. Why is it not the case? Because God has reckoned himself. He's reckoned the whole world. He's reconciled the whole world to himself. But now, I've been reconciled to him. And so have you. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe that that God raised you from the dead, you were reconciled. You were reconciled. If you believed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you were reconciled. But that's what we're saying. We're saying to people, we're saying to, the, to lost people, be reconciled. That's what our ministry of reconciliation is. But how can we say be reconciled to God when we're wavering all over the place and we hardly believe, we hardly believe in what we're, in what we're saying? You mean you're saying that God's at peace with me in spite of everything that I'm doing and in everything that I'm saying right now? And I'm saying, yes, God is at peace with you. Yes. It's like when um, there's, say, two people who are enemies and one person forgives and puts it behind them and Mm -hmm. is reconciling their heart to the other, but then Mm -hmm. the other Yep. It's like a God has already done it, but we have to reciprocate. Yeah, receive it. Sure. Respond back. Sure. That's exactly right, and that's what we're that's what we're saying. Trying to do the work of the Holy Spirit, you just go to witness and plant the seed. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's it's. We've talked about this. How important our the certain sound should be. But we, what we're what I'm saying is that we need to we need to nail this down about this issue of of of, of God. God is at peace with us. Um, God is at peace with the entire world. He's at peace. He yes yes yes. Right. 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 He has enabled us. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's why we're saying be reconciled to God. That's what we're saying. Be reconciled. That's our ministry of reconciliation. That's our ministry. We're telling others to be reconciled. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on His finished work. Believe in His death, burial, and resurrection. Believe. Believe that He died for, every, for your sins and that He died to give you life and life more abundantly. He came that you may have life. That's why he came. He did not come to judge the world. He did not come to condemn the world, but that the whole world might be saved through him. The entire world. He wouldn't have said it if he didn't mean it. He meant it. He meant it. This isn't partial atonement. This isn't limited atonement. This is a cleansing of sin of the entire world. This is very scripture. This scripture is so clear. It's just radical in our minds. It's radical in our minds that God is already at peace with Every single person on the face of this earth, when it comes from his standpoint, when it comes to this issue of sin and it comes to this issue of, 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 of when it comes to this issue of, of God being mad. You understand what I'm saying? When we think of it, God is no longer mad. He's not mad anymore. He's not judging the world. For now is the judgment of the world, Jesus said. Now is the judgment of the world to the cross. Every sin. I want you to think about this for a second. I want you to think, and I, want, I really want to nail this down for us today just because I think it's important. Every sin on the face of the earth, from all four corners, north, south, east, west, I want you to think about the cross. I want you to think about Jesus on the cross. I want you to think about the, what, he was, what he was accomplishing. When, you think of, when we think of our sin, it's easy for us to, you know, we kind of think, okay, well, Jesus died for my sins, and yes, and I believe that he died for my sins. He sure did. He died for my sins. And we're, we're very confident about that, you know, about the fact that he died for our sins. Um, not so sure we're very confident about past, present, and future. But I'm sure we're confident about the fact at least, at least as, we, as we carry on and we do the things that we think we need to do to maintain that forgiveness, which is impossible. There's nothing we can do to maintain that forgiveness. That forgiveness was, was, was completely unconditional. That forgiveness was, was done only... Jesus could only accomplish what, what only he could accomplish because he who knew no sin became sin for us. He became sin for us. So what are we saying? We're, we're, saying that, we're saying that every sin on the face of the earth was put right at Calvary on an old rugged cross 2,000 years ago. Right there. Every sin. You can think of the worst person in our minds and the worst sin and you can also think about that little white lie. Just that little white lie. Every single bit of it was put at the cross. Every bit of it. It had to be that way. Jesus had to do this. Or if Jesus had not cleansed sin, we would have not been able to draw near to God. Through Christ, we would not have been able to. 
But now we can draw near and we can receive the, very, the forgiveness and the very life of Christ which Jesus died to give us. And that's what I'm saying. It's important so that we can, so that when we're telling others about this, about salvation, that they understand that they're not just, that, that this isn't just about forgiveness. This is about the life of Christ. This is about you being born again. This is about you becoming a new creation. You know, and so it, it, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's awesome. It really is. It really is awesome when you think about it and you think about, we think about altar calls and we think about, which I don't even like the word altar. I had to, it doesn't make any sense to me under the new covenant. But anyway, this, this whole issue of coming to Christ, you know, are we inviting people? We're inviting people to come to Christ, to believe on His work, to believe on His work at Calvary. That's what we're asking to do. We're asking to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Believe that He died for your sins. Believe that he raised, that he was raised from the dead. Scripture clearly says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Look, we're, we're just, it, it, it's really simple. But yet, even in my understanding and as I, we think about our salvation experience, I think it's important that we understand what salvation really is. And so that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to articulate, at least, a little bit. I hope, I'm, I hope I'm making sense to you, and I hope I'm trying to a little bit. But I think, it, I think it's important that we see this because it's, it, we, we, can, we, we then can understand. It's, it's the, it, it's, until we rest in the finality of the cross, we will never rejoice in the reality of his resurrection. Until we rest in the finality of the cross, we will never rejoice in the reality of his resurrection. It it has got to be clear to us, and it's got to be very clear to us, that either Jesus did it all, or he did nothing at all. It's either all grace, or no grace at all. Either all our sins, past, present, and future, have been taken away, or none of them have been taken away. Eternal life either lasts forever, or it is not eternal life. Either it is finished, or it is not finished. Either we have been cleansed of all unrighteousness, or we have not been cleansed of any of, any of our unrighteousness. Either we have been reconciled to God or we have never been reconciled to God. That's right. I believe that the Holy Spirit is blowing on this now because this is the end time and this is the move of God's Spirit to bring all men to Himself. 
Yes. He's breaking these things off of our mind, even though the darkness is so strong. He says, yeah. the glory of the Lord yeah. will become greater. And right. that's what we're going to begin to see. Sure. And we're going to see more signs and wonders because that's he's wanting to show himself to, to people now. You know, the gospel in the book of Acts says when they preach the gospel, great signs and wonders follow them confirming the word. What you're talking about, I think the Holy Spirit wants to confirm the gospel of grace through signs and wonders. And I think we need to pray like Paul did for the church that that our revelation will deepen in all of us. Our hearts and our eyes would see the, the depths and the riches because we're all we all are kind of cloudy. We all have blind spots. You know, we're, we're all growing in this, and so you know, it's it's good to hear voices like Ken and others that are. You know, presenting a clear gospel because that's what sets the captive free. And I know we've all been blinded in areas. Right, right. And we're all growing in this right. revelation. Uh, right. There's a big task out there for us. I'm telling you, there's, I believe God's going to really use this, this group. Absolutely. I, I do believe that. And I also believe that it's important. If, if God is at peace with the world, can I just say this to you? This is what I believe. This is what I believe the Lord's saying to you, to us, to me. I am at peace with you. I am at peace with you. Maybe there might have been some situation or some struggle or some circumstance that you're going through. And it just, uh, but God wants you to know. God wants me to know that I'm at peace with you. I'm at peace with you. There may be that struggle, that, that thing that you're dealing with and I'm at peace with you. I'm really at peace with you. I'm not surprised. You think God's surprised at our sin? <laughs> he's not surprised. You think he's surprised when we react and we worry sometimes and he's not surprised. He's 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 completely at peace with us. Completely at peace with us. And we need to be at peace with Him when it comes to this whole issue of His death, burial, and resurrection. We need to be at peace with Him about this. We don't need to struggle any further. Scripture is very clear about these things that we've been seeing. It's, you, don't take what, what I'm saying. Don't take what James is saying. Don't take what anybody's saying. Take, listen, this is the Word of God. This is, this, is, this is the Word of Christ. This is His Word. This is his word. It's his ministry of reconciliation. It's his ministry. This was God's doing. This wasn't ours. Religion can't touch this. Religion cannot touch this. This offers, this, this offers the world. This is the hope for the world. It's the hope for the world. And it's our hope. It's our hope. And we, we need to stand firm in that hope. And we need to stand firm in, the re, in, 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 in this whole in, in the truths that we've learned about the finished work of Christ and about all that He has accomplished. Total forgiveness that Jesus, that, that never again do I have to confess my sin to be right with God. Now sure, we can talk to God all we all We can talk to God about our sin and we should talk to God about our sin. But as far as cleansing and as far as forgiveness is concerned, it's a done deal. It was done before I ever even came to Christ. That's what's so astounding about reconciliation. You see it? It's done. It was finished. 
That's why when we say to people, when we're talking to people, and we're sharing with them Christ, we are presenting Christ. We are saying, be reconciled to God. Well, how is that done? How are we reconciled to God? There's only one way. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is the only way to God. He is the only way. There's no other way. There's no other way. Um, when we think of when we just one other thing, when we think of when we think of um, God, do you, do you think of God as uh, I like to I like to call him my leading lover? You ever you ever you ever think about that? Did you ever think about that God was the one who initiated all this? Do you understand that He was the initiator? God is the leading lover to the entire world. He's the leading lover to the entire world. He, he, he absolutely is initiating to every heart, contrary to religious preaching. God is not mad, and He is knocking at every heart, at every heart, saying, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. All, all anybody has to do is simply open the door. Believe that he really did do what he did in the finality of the cross. And that he really did, he really was raised from the dead. And that not only can we identify now with his death, but we can also identify with his resurrection. We have been raised to newness of life. We truly have been raised to newness of life. Well, that couldn't have, that couldn't have, that couldn't have happened. You know, if you think about it, if you think about a, a person who was, who was dead, okay, we're looking at a dead corpse. What we could say to that person is, by the power invested in me, I deem that all your sins are forgiven. The problem is, is he's dead. You see it? That was our condition. That was what we were before we came to Christ. We were dead in our transgressions. We were alienated from God. We were, the, we were enemies of God. We, we did not have the life of Christ. We were actually dead. We were dead. We had no life. What, we, what, what happened with us when we got saved... This is the, we had a, a dynamic infusion of divine life. And now because of that, we are now new creations. And now we stand completely whole, completely new, completely, completely forgiven. And now we stand clean. Think about this. Clean and close. And if you go to Romans, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to quickly talk about this. Romans 8 talks about that there's, and from the beginning, talks about there's no condemnation. From the beginning of Romans, and then you look at the end of Romans, and it ends with no separation. So we see that, that what we're saying is that we are completely, because we have the life of Christ, we have no more condemnation. There will never, ever again be any separation. God is not, contrary to religious preaching, God is not on a swivel chair. 
He is not. He does not turn his back. He does not. He's promised that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I don't care what's, I don't care what's going on. I don't care what you've done or what you might do. He will never leave you. Well, we, I, hear, I hear this all the time. You, think, you think about these kind of conversations you get with people and you think about this religious rhetoric you hear sometimes. One of them being that, well, you know, if you walk away from God, you know, if you just walk away from him and you willingly walk away from him, well, what are you saying? What are you saying? That makes no sense. I can't. I can't. Did he not say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Listen, when I go over here, that's exactly right. He goes with us. It's like James had said in his early in his years when he was burned out and he was going into these, he was going into the bars and he was hanging out and he was doing all these things and he was trying in, in, in search of life and he just he was so burned out and so discouraged, but yet what he realized that he, did not, that he did not know was that everywhere he went, God was right there. He never left him. He never left him. He never left him. So when we do, and if there ever was, if I always think of this word backslidden. Think of this. Well, well, wait a minute. Backslidden. Well, what exactly are you backsliding to? You were dead and now you're alive. So are you, are you saying that you're going, you're going back to being dead again and then you have to come alive again? That's some kind of Dracula theology. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You don't die and come alive again, die and come alive again. It's ridiculous. Here again, it's religious rhetoric. And if you are, I say this too, when they say they need to come back to God, well, what exactly are they coming back to? They're running right back dab into the mercy and grace of God. That's what, if you're going to say backslidden <laughs> and you're going to talk about it, really, in all reality, what they're doing is backsliding right into the grace of God, right into his mercy. You can't. You can't out. You can't out sin. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Listen, we're not coming up with this. This is the scripture. This is what the Word of God says, and this is what we believe concerning our lives. So we can nail this down with us, but also, not only do we need to nail this down, we need to nail this down when it comes to the finished work of Christ and what we, what our understanding of, of how good this really is, is that it also helps us and gives us a, even a greater passion to present this gospel to others and, and, want, and, and help them see. It's not, you know, even in casual conversation, we see this. I was just talking to a lady the other day. And she, uh, she, this is a believer. And she says, well, you know, my, my, my kids and most of this stuff and my kids, they just really aren't walking with God. And she says, well, you know, sometimes we just get what we deserve. It's huge. And here she, here, but here again, major misunderstanding, major misunderstanding of, of really salvation in her mind. So, 
here again, these little plugs. There's just these little times when you get conversations, and you can you can you can think when the Holy Spirit kind of opens up kind of a little window of opportunity to just kind of, you know. And so I said, hmm. I said, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really go too far down that road. I said, um, you know, I said, do you know that, do you know what the wages of sin is? Now think about this. Do you know what the wages of sin is? Death. It's not a slap on a hand. It's not restriction for a week. It's not not being able to play my Xbox for a week. It's not being able to, it's not, it's not a lecture. It's death. And you know that doesn't change for the believer. That doesn't change. The wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what we have. We have eternal life. So I said, if you're going to go down that road, understand that the penalty of your sin is death. So then she said, well, okay, well, I guess I don't know. <laughs> you know, we often, we often think of the law and we want to, we, 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 we want to pick and choose which laws, we, which laws we, we think we can obey, but we don't want to, we don't want to, uh, we don't want the consequences for when we don't. We don't want to believe the consequences. But the truth of the matter is, is the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, let's, let's pray. We've got to go. Father, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for the reality of the cross. I thank you for, for, for just allowing each one of us to, to see more clearly the finality of the cross and the reality of your resurrection and the truth of, of, what, your, of what Scripture says about us about you and about us as far as reconciliation is concerned. I thank you for this life and the life that we now live. We live in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. It's an awesome life that we now live. He who has the Son has life and he who does not have the Son does not have life. It is that simple. And I thank you for your word. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks, you guys.